0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted O'Dorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller. And we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from nine to ten a.m. Eastern here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odarico and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. How are you doing this morning, Cindy?
0: I'm doing great. There's a little bit of white stuff on the ground here, and I'm so excited.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's getting that time, isn't it? It's getting to the time where, um, you know, that that white stuff tends to come in. And I heard actually this morning on the news that there may be some more coming your way. So it may be for... For some, anyways, it may be a white a white Christmas, after all, for some, anyways. But, um, all right, we've got a great show for this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a moment uh, by a good friend of the show, Mike Nichols, uh, Chief Business Officer of the L P J Sumetra Tour. And then a little bit later on, Marvel Barnard is going to be joining us. She's the National President of the L P J Professionals. Uh, she'll be joining us on the second half. Um, so let's bring Mike on, and uh, let's kind of get a, a status of what's been happening on uh, the Smetra this uh, season and what we've got planned for for next year. So please welcome our very special guest, uh, Chief Business Officer of Smetra Tour, Mike Nichols.
2: Good morning. morning, guys. How are you?
0: Doing great. Are you in sunny Florida?
2: I am in sunny Florida. We're looking to make our way up to Virginia to hopefully put our skis down on some uh, some of that white stuff you were talking about here. Uh, so fortunately, it looks like it's it's getting cold enough. So if they don't get the real stuff, they can blow the fake stuff. So we're we're certainly looking to a little off season and I know my kids are looking forward to skiing. So, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it does.
1: Very okay. good. Um, so Mike, let's, uh, I guess first thing let's, let's talk about this year. It's been to say the least a, a very, um, unusual year all the way around a very difficult year for many. Um, and I know, earlier on in the season uh decisions had to be made and you talked about some of them earlier in the season when you came on um maybe can kind of just give us a refresher of what what really went on with the Symmetra Tour this year what some of the changes you had to make and and then sort of how the season went uh once it did get up and running
2: sure well first of all I want to obviously qualify everything that I'm going to say here is that you know in the world of uh you know we're we're running professional golf tournaments, and there are you know people with bigger concerns in in life right now than you know the the state of you know women's professional golf and the Symmetra tour so you know I certainly want to sort of thoughts and prayers out to everybody who's dealing with various you know levels of what's going on the in the pandemic, whether it be you know their health or their jobs or all of that kind of stuff so you know obviously with all of that right. sort of as a backdrop um you know admittedly the the season was uh was a challenge um you know, it's, uh, when you sort of get into running, uh, golf tournaments and a tour for a living, you, the idea is that it's going to be something that, uh, is, is fun and you enjoy doing every day. And, you know, the classic, uh, sort of saying that, you know, if you have a job you love, you don't work a day in your life. And this would, would be one of those years where it felt like, uh, maybe you had to work a little bit harder than some of, uh, some of the others, but we're, we're proud of what we accomplished. So sort of as a quick recap, we had, uh, we played one event um, at the end of February, sort of early March, and it was that's obviously when it was all swirling. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we had hand sanitizer out on every tee and all of that kind of stuff, but that was really the extent of what we were doing at that point. And then a couple weeks later it hit, and so both the LPGA, well, it was a little bit ahead of us because the LPGA had to cancel some events in Asia first because Asia seemed to be a little bit ahead of us. So they were already canceling events, and so then when we were sort of stopped cold in our tracks when – it sort of came home to roost here on the, in the state. So we took what, however many months off it was, so the end of February, and I think we got started playing again uh, late June, early July. And so we, we took that time off. But we had originally gone out with a 20-event schedule, and we ended up playing um, nine times after our break. So we played a total of ten times, which um, also required us to push the season about a month later. But um, all in all, we, uh, we, we implemented a policy where our players and staff and caddies and anybody who was going to be in close proximity to players at the golf course were all tested in advance. So we had, you know, we tested over 1,800 people um, in advance of go- traveling to the event sites, and we only had nine positives, which is, you know, less than half of a percent. Uh, so, you know, obviously what the things we put into place worked, kept everybody safe. We were able to play those nine events. Frankly, you know, we started in Michigan, which was – uh, which sort of continues to be one of the t- strictest uh, from a government standpoint. And then we took a couple weeks off and went to California, which is also very strict. So, you know, I felt like once we got through those two states, we were going to be good the rest of the way. And so we uh, we played uh, those nine times and uh, graduated uh, five ladies, uh, excuse, actually four. Uh, one of the players, Kim Kaufman, who was one of our five uh, card earners, already had LPGA status. So we, uh, we put four additional players into the LPGA membership pool, and then additionally, those five players also had the opportunity, thanks to the United States Golf Association, to compete in the U.S. Women's Open this week. So um, it was a long and grueling year, and uh, you know, obviously the LPGA is wrapping up its season this week as well, and so uh, we we'll are all certainly look forward to a break and hopefully uh, turning a new page in, in 2021, as everybody is in all aspects of life, obviously.
1: Yeah, well said. And it has been it's uh, again, um, you know, I, I agree with what you you said to start things off. I mean, it's been extremely challenging and very difficult for so many people. And, and we've been, you know, Cindy and I have talked many times on the show that, you know, we've been very, very blessed in the golf industry this season. We were one of the very few industries that have really, um, you know, actually increased um, during this difficult time. And, um, so we're, we're very, very fortunate and very, again, very blessed to have, uh, you know, been able to, um, you know, see a rise in, in golf. And, um, you know, we, we've had the pleasure, as, as you know, Mike, we, we interviewed quite a few of the, uh, the winners on the Symmetra tour, obviously not as many this year because of the restrictions and so forth, but, um, and they've all taken it well in, in stride. What's been some of the feedback from the players um, and even some of the sponsors that you worked with this year, uh, obviously you had to delay or cancel in, in many cases some of the tournaments or push them off, you know, down the road. What's been some of the feedback from, from both uh, camps?
2: Yeah, I would say from a player's standpoint, um, I you know, uh, universally grateful for um, what, you know, they could obviously see all the work that was going on behind the scenes and administering the tests and all the sort of the protocols we put into place. And so, you know, when – we obviously shut down the season for whatever it was, three or four months, you you, you kind of, probably everybody, right, realizes how quickly it can all be taken away. And so maybe some of the things that might be sort of a knit or um, the things that might bother the player one week, when you come back and you're playing, that, that stuff, you know, you forget about that because you're just so grateful to be playing. So, you know, from the player's standpoint, I think they were just happy to be out playing golf. Uh, you know, as Cindy can attest, and, uh, you know, that when you're – when you're on the golf course and you're playing competitive golf, you know, they, uh, you know, you can kind of shut out the rest of the world. So it kind of becomes a safe place in many cases for, for players who are playing at uh, at that level. So they, they were very grateful and understood that the, you know, the staff was working twice as hard to put together a season that was half as long. But uh, so from that standpoint, it was great. And then, you know, there wasn't um, you know, there wasn't a sponsor who was with us this year for any of the tournaments who didn't want to be with us. So, You know, if for whatever reason, whether it was state regulations or the title sponsor didn't feel like they couldn't get their guests in or didn't like the optics of playing during a pandemic or whatever, we just said, hey, let's just push off for a year. So of the nine, and we had a number of people that took us up on that option, which is totally understandable. And, uh, you know, and we obviously worked with them on that, but we, we still had the nine folks that wanted that that played with us. You know, they they wanted to play. And in many cases, it was interesting. The feedback we got was they realized how important these tournaments were to these players. You know, if, you, if you're if you a sponsor of a Symmetra Tour event, um, you really are have bought into sort of the mission about what this tour is about and providing these opportunities for these young ladies who are extremely talented, who maybe haven't had the opportunity necessarily to break through onto the LPGA Tour. And so for a lot of them that stuck with us, you know, I they just said, you know, I would see them during the week of the event and thank them for what they're doing. And they said, you know, we just we felt like we needed to do this for, for the ladies. And so that, you know, that's really a tribute, I think, to a couple of things. One, obviously the, the sort of the loyalty of the sponsors that we have, but also, you know, when, when uh, somebody comes on to sponsor the tour, they, that our players, you know, show how grateful they are and how important the sponsors are to allowing them to, uh, to play. Cause I think at some of the higher levels of golf where they're playing for multi-million dollar purses, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of uh, a disconnect. So, uh, you know, Certainly, the players have gonna done a good job of connecting with sponsors through the years, so that the sponsors, you know, know that the players are appreciative and how important uh, they are to obviously the overall uh, mission of what we're trying to do with the Symmetra Tour and you know provide these players the opportunity to hopefully find their way onto the LPGA Tour.
1: Yeah, and I, I concur with that as well. You know, I, I know from the you know few players we we were able to uh, speak with this year. I know that many of them, as you said, were very very grateful. I mean, they were just you know, excited just to get back out there and compete. That's what they love to do, and that's what they wanted to do. Just one last quick thing, and then, Cindy, I'm going to pass it over to you uh, for a few moments. But, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, obviously having to travel to different places. And and with each state sort of having their own, um, you know, restrictions and guidelines and so forth, um, obviously presented some challenges as well, because it's not just, you know, when when you're dealing with 50 different states, you know, you're not dealing with the same criteria. Um, Did you have to make adjustments, and did you have to sort of, Um, you know, as tournaments were coming up in different areas, did you have to sort of revisit uh, some of the protocols in case things had changed between the time things were booked and when the tournaments actually took place?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, I can't think of offline. The, The good, you know, the sort of the good news, bad news is that the footprint of a symmetric tour event in most cases, you know, worked within whatever sort of the local guidelines were. So, you know, obviously when we're playing, for example, I think back to California, when we were playing in California you know, they, they restricted, we we had no use of the clubhouse whatsoever, could not go in the clubhouse. But, uh, you know, so players just had to make accommodation, you know, so we'd put a box lunch out on the back patio, and then the players would go sit in their car and eat it, that kind of thing. So there were those sort of uh, little bit uh, sort of nuanced things. But for the most part, again, the, the footprint of a symmetric Tour event isn't such that it's so ominous where you've, mm. you've got, you know, the TV crew in and of themselves is probably another, you know, 50 people, and you got way more volunteers and all of that kind of stuff. So we could mo- mostly, even with a couple cutbacks, work with inside the sort of the, the local guidelines just based on what the sort of the footprint of the Symmetra Tour was. But it, it was certainly one of those where, you know, when people when – especially when we're going to play in California, you know, people – I was getting calls from players the week before, and they say – uh you know, uh, you know, how confident are you that we're gonna play this tournament in California? And I said, well, a- ask me next Sunday, right? Like it was, it was one of those things where it's like when we hand out the trophy, I'll know we've had the tournament. It was that sort of, um, sort of stress that was just always hanging over it, because you know, you could be in the middle of the tournament and then they could say it's over. I mean, that obviously happened with some of the. Yeah you know the men's basketball in you know college basketball I think mean, they were like in the middle of the ivy league tournament and they just pulled them off the court you know and, and sent them home so you always kind of had that looming in retrospect you almost feel like almost silly to have worried about that but at the time it seemed like a very real possibility that if a certain town or something had an outbreak you'd you'd be done you know mid-round you know hey it's noon on friday i don't care that you're winning the tournament we gotta we gotta leave so um but all in all yeah. it was um it worked out and you know we uh I think, as, as you probably talked about at some point in this, this show, we uh, we ha- now have a, a joint venture with our friends over on the Ladies European Tour, and, you know, I talk to them on a weekly basis, and uh, whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself, I'm moving from state to state, then I talk to uh, Alex Armas, who's the commissioner of that tour, and she's trying to get people from country to country, so I stop feeling sorry for myself right. immediately.
1: Right. Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead. You know
0: the more you have to deal with, the stronger you get. And I I believe, you know, again, the blessing of COVID is look at how fast you can pivot. And I believe that it might make these young women appreciate and be grateful for what they have. Do
2: you have any stories like that? Um, You know, I think the, the, um, well, the, uh, the one thing I will say is that, like, and this isn't quite answering your question, Cindy, but the the one thing I will ha- find is that, and I was just at a sort of a virtual conference with a bunch of other event organizers, and what we sort of the thing, one of the things that we found is that we it, you start doing things that maybe. Just sheer inertia and momentum in the past hasn't let you do, but sort of because of COVID, you said, okay, we're finally going to do this, whatever it is. Maybe just out of necessity, one thing that comes to mind is uh, that you'll probably laugh at Cindy, Cindy, you'll laugh at this from sort of your LPGA days, but uh, tee times for practice rounds. So on the Symmetra Tour, and in some cases on the LPGA Tour, uh, practice rounds have become a sort of a first come first serve basis. So when, for example, the pro am might play in the morning and you have practice rounds in the afternoon that there's literally, I mean, there can be 50 bags lined up right to go off the first tee. It looks like when I grew up playing, you know, municipal golf in New Jersey, you know, it was, you know, first come first serve at six in the morning. And so, you know, you had a 9:30 30 tee time cause your bag was number 42 in line or something. But, but we went in order to sort of create social distancing. So we didn't have that crowding. We uh, our IT our IT team here developed uh, software so that the players could go in on and book tee times just like we all have. Like we've all, we've all been in this industry long enough to remember when there was no tee times and when there was tee times and how that just sort of changed the dynamic. We just implemented that on the Symmetra Tour this year because of the pandemic, and now that's going to carry over for the future. The players obviously love it. You know, you don't have to sit on the tee for two hours when you're going to tee off. So th- there's little things like that that I think, you know, you're being forced um we've been forced to look at and do because of the pandemic and you're like, gosh, that's crazy we haven't done that for the last ten years. So there's little things like that. As um, you know, as it relates to um, you know, stories for the players and things like that, you know, I, I can't uh, you know, I think the when you look at there's certain players like one of the ones that comes to mind is uh Frieda Kinschult, who won our tour championship and that got her into the top five, got her LPGA membership and into the um And into uh, the women's open. And, um, you know, I had played with her in the pro am just about three weeks before that. And she was sort of hovering in sort of that mid 25. But she was a number when she turned pro coming out of Florida State, she was the number one player in the world uh, as an amateur and turned pro I think after her freshman year and came out and was you know playing decently but not um you know if you're the number one amateur in the world you probably expect to have more success on the Symmetra Tour so for her to break through and win um you know at the Tour Championship which got her a card and things like that it was and her mom had was caddying for her and it was on her bag so you know there's moments like that that when you you sort of look at the season what a grind it was and then you see how much that meant to her to have her mom on the bag I mean
1: Oh it looks like uh Mike uh got dropped, so we'll bring him on as soon as uh, as soon as he calls back in it looks like his uh he must have been on a cell um you know it's very interesting cindy you know when you when you hear um, some of the challenges that they had to you know that they were faced with on uh, on the Metro tour and obviously all the tours but uh, it sounds like they like you said they were very uh, able to pivot very quickly when necessary
0: yeah and Again, I, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, and and mm-hmm. I just find it amazing what w- they were able to accomplish. And thank God the sponsors were on board with them. I I, I mean again, yeah. great job, great job, doing what you don't think you can.
1: Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point, really, Cindy, that you bring up, because, you know, again, in, in years past, these young ladies, um, you know, everything has sort of been status quo. They've known for the most part, obviously, some of the new ones coming out, uh, you know, are a little bit shaky because they're not sure what to expect. And we've, we've talked to a few of them over the, the last several years. Um, but some of the more seasoned ones that, you know, they kind of get into, they know the routine once the season starts, what's going to happen and so on and so forth. And... Um, you know they they're prepared for it uh, but this year it was it was you know difficult for a lot of um, you know players because they they weren't really hundred percent sure what to expect and um you know as as Mike uh, you know mentioned they they played the first tournament um, you know uh, late February early March and we of course had the winner on uh, the following week and then all of a sudden it was a, a virtually a complete shutdown so um, you know it, it's uh it, it says a lot not only about the players, but it also says a lot about the sponsorship as well, that they recognize, um, you know, that this is something of value to them and, and obviously to the young ladies as well. But, um, hopefully Mike will, uh, will be able to, uh, to call back in. Uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, here in, in the next few minutes. Um, we're getting kind of close to our, our midpoint, uh, uh, anyways, but, um, Mike, we're not sure if you're able to hear us, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll stand by, uh, in the meantime. Um
0: I wonder you know, how long be he was talking before he knew he was gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he may. Yeah, he may be t- still talking. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, at some point figure it out. Um, what I want to do is because we are going to be, you know, getting close to our time. Is I think when he comes back, Cindy, that we'll, you know, try to see what what sort of 2021 is going to hold. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of similarities because it's just starting to, you know, ramp up again in some areas, and um, we'll, we'll see what. Uh, what they're going to do for you know moving forward in 2021 but um we want to thank everybody and, and something i didn't get a chance to mention uh, in in the beginning because we kind of just jumped right into it uh this is going to be the last show for the 2020 season uh, and here's mike let me bring him back on I'll, I'll update everybody a little bit later on mike welcome back uh we we uh you got dropped <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I, I, you know, it's one of those. you get on a, I felt like, and I'm a, I'm on a hard line too. That's the cra- that's the craziest thing. If I was driving through Florida, um, I apologize. I was talking, 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 and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I, I thought it was so what I was saying was just so overwhelming and fantastic that maybe I would hear applause on the other end, and then it was just completely dead dead air. So uh, I thought I wasn't quite sure what uh, happened. So I'm not sure where uh, where I lost you, or how long where I was in my in my rambling. So my apologies.
1: Not a, not a problem. Um, so, um, Cindy, go ahead. I, I think we want to, you know, move on to, uh, you know, on to the next, uh, so talk next about, year.
0: You know, again, nobody knows, but we're going to pretend, you know, what's happening next year. Do you still have the same amount of events. When do you start? What's the plan yeah, so- right now?
2: Yeah, so as of now, we're planning to, we've put together a 20-event schedule, uh, sort of a minimum of 20 events, and, um, you know, we're hopefully, you know, looking to start in that late February, you know, early March time frame, so um, as of right now, I mean, the good news is is that a lot of the places that we're playing early in the year, I was actually with a couple of players yesterday, and... uh, our second event on the schedule right now is an event in California. And then they, you know, they said to me, they said, you know, oh gosh, you know, our, with our second event being in California, do you think we're going to play that? And I said, well, the good news is we actually played it, you know, whatever it was, you know, three months ago. We, you know, that, so we've actually been through, we played that exact course and that's, you know, that same town. We've worked with local health officials, et cetera, and we've run a safe event. So if we obviously can't, if the governor, you know, drops some sort of heavier mandate or whatever the case might be, that may preclude us, but we've at least got a track record with the local health officials where they can say, oh, they've done this before and they did a good job and everybody stayed safe and healthy and we didn't have an outbreak and all that stuff. So currently we're planning to play, you know, the sort of at least the 20 event schedule that we started with, um, plan to start with next year and, and finish as we always do, as we always do other than last, this year, uh, with the first week in October with the, with the tour championship here in, um, in Daytona, so we we fully expect, expect this year's season to look like uh, look like this um, this past year was supposed to. We have uh, we have testing in place, uh, like we've at least budgeted or planned to have the uh, the advanced testing that we've done um, on the Symmetra Tour in place through June. You know, hopefully, you know, with the vaccines coming out yesterday, maybe that will change that dynamic. But we wanted to be conservative. And we plan to sort of be in the same protocols and things that we were this year, at least through June. But if that lifts earlier, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, regardless, obviously we're all uh, hoping that this, um, you know, these rounds of vaccine are going to be able to sort of nip it in the butt, but uh, it's always, I think, better safe than sorry to continue on with the protocols. I mean, everybody's, you know, doing what they can. And and I think the, the sooner that we're able to, you know, move this down the road, um, and, and permanently, um, the better it is. But, uh, you know, we can't really, you know, let our guard down. It, it's, um, you know, it, it's been an interesting year, as I said earlier, for golf. And we're always very grateful to uh, do our part to help with the Symmetra Tour. We've enjoyed um, for several years now having these young ladies come on. And um, I'll tell you, I think Cindy would concur with a breath of fresh air. Many of them, um, you know, come on here very enthusiastic. And even this season, despite all that's going on, um you know many of them were, were really upbeat and excited and and just wanting to get out there and play and and uh you and the rest of the the group at um you know that are involved with the symmetric tour should be very proud of of a great job that you guys have done this season
2: well thank you uh you know like i said it was it, it wasn't tough. Ta- you know as you know and as cindy a little bit alluded to you know you you worked harder and you sort of uh to do all of these, you know, things. And it's, uh, sometimes more hard of the work you work, you don't enjoy it so much at the time, but, uh, it's a little bit more rewarding. And, you know, I'm certainly glad we're, we're fortunate to have a great uh, bunch of young ladies who are, you know, all they're doing is chasing their dreams. And I, you know, I, I find them to be extremely grateful for, for the opportunities, the uh, that, uh, we're providing. And we're obviously grateful, very grateful to you and folks like yourselves who are doing everything you can to highlight, uh, what uh these young ladies are doing because in in many cases as you know as we saw with you know Sophia Popov you know she was you know just one opportunity away from being a Symmetra Tour member and then you know a week later she's a major champion on the LPGA Tour so the, the level of talent out here is is just first class and um it's just uh we certainly appreciate you all shining a light uh on them well um, we're happy to do that and-
1: yeah, and we'll continue to do that, Mike, uh, into the next season as well. We look forward to it, and hopefully um, you know, the restrictions will start to ease up and you'll be able to get all of those events in, and, and we look forward to, uh, to celebrating with each and every one of the winners. And unfortunately, Mike, we've got we to gotta let you go. Um, we, again, apologize that you got cut off a little bit short, but we're going to have you come back on uh, sometime early in the season, maybe just uh, to sort of kick off the new season uh, as well. We'll hope you come back and join us, but we appreciate you spending some time and, and giving us a, a little bit of a recap um, of this past season and again uh, great job I'm not going to wish you to break a leg because I know that you're going skiing and I don't want to forecast <laughs> any future tragedies so um, have fun have a happy and safe holiday and thank you for all that you do and we appreciate uh, the relationship uh, developed with uh, with your group
2: absolutely well thank, thank you both you all both also have a great uh, holiday season new year we'll look forward to a brighter 2021 and catching up with hopefully some good news then Great.
1: Perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Take care, guys. Mike Nichols, Chief Business Officer of uh, the LPJ Symmetra Tour. Um, You know, we just got a a minute here, and then we'll bring on uh, uh, Marvel. Um, But, you know, it it just really goes to show you, you know, as you said, Cindy, just how really able this industry, um, you know, even during a difficult time. I mean, the challenges that they were faced with, um, to be able to, to pivot so quickly and uh, and even get ten events in, which is you know half of what they typically would, but um, um, you know they're able to do that. Um, so kudos to to Mike and the rest of the team at the, at Symmetra. Um Just before we we bring up Marvel, I just want to, as I was starting to say before he came back on, I wanted to give him a moment to, you know to finish up his thoughts. Um, this is going to be our last show, as I was starting to say uh, for for 2020. Um, we'll be taking an extended break, not just through the holidays, but the month of January as well, as we get ready and gear up with some new guests uh, for next year, we've already got some bookings. Um, and, uh, we were going to be scheduled for the first week of February, but it's going to look like the second week now, um, that we'll be coming on and, uh, keep tuned to social media. We'll update you as we go along, but we'll be starting back up in February of 2021, uh, with a new schedule here on the women of golf. So we'll hope you continue to take tune. Uh, stay tuned, and don't forget, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf at any time uh, throughout the holidays. Of any shows that you may have missed, you can go back and, and check them out. Um, but we want to thank you for, for a great season. Um, all right, our very ne- uh, special guest joining us on the second half is uh, Marvel Bernard. Uh, she is the LPGA's national president, and uh, she's been around golf uh, for many, many years, uh, an accomplished player, but also uh, a great uh, professional and a great leader uh, in the women's organization. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest back. Uh, she was here earlier in the season, uh, Marvel Barnard.
0: Good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you two today?
0: We're doing great. How are you? You're up awful early.
3: I know. I've been up even earlier <laughs> watching the sunrise.
0: <laughs> uh. Good for you.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm so dedicated to whatever
3: you need, Cindy. So,
0: oh, thank you. We love you for that. <laughs> um, so tell Ted what we did last night cuz I think it's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, Uh-oh. it was so fun. It
3: was our uh end of the season town hall for the LPGA and this, you know, is sort of a product of of um Social distancing and COVID and all that, where we're moving so many things to virtual. But um, during my time as president, it's important to me that we um, report to the members what's been done on their behalf and for them, and and so we decided to do that in the form of a town hall. And prior to the national town hall, where all of our members were invited each section held their own meet and greet ahead of time. And and I was on my own section's uh, meet and greet here in the central section and wasn't able to get on any others, but I heard they were wonderful all across the country. And then we had our national call and uh, had a special guest, Mike Wan, came on to talk about all things LPGA. But it was just really fun. It was fun to see faces that we haven't seen all year, and it was, just um, exhilarating for me to hear from each committee and each committee head on what all has happened during, you know, an extremely challenging year. So I really felt that our members and our committees and our executive committee, which Cindy's a huge part of, um, stepped it up and, and made changes and pivoted. You know, I love that word, Cindy. You use that a lot about pivoting and and um not only pivoting but pivoting toward uh excellence and i think that's what our organization did this year totally agree
1: yeah and and you know it's it, it has been challenging um marvel and you know for so many people and you know the lpj organization has done i think a phenomenal job um over the years and particularly um, you know this season having to deal with this and, you know, you mentioned about a lot of virtual things going on. What were some of the things, what, what's been some of the feedback from some of the members this year on things that, you know, they've had to do in order to make changes? And just what has been some sort of the overall feeling? Obviously, everybody's, um, you know, meeting different challenges depending on where they are. But what's been some of the, the feedback from some of the members?
3: Well, it's interesting, you know, on the member level, both as members of the organization uh, and being able to meet virtually in certain settings has been extremely positive. And then for individual members who are out in the field working and teaching, you know, we, everyone shared their best practices and shared their uh, ideas. You know, some people were coming up with documents for uh, clients to sign prior to lessons and requiring masks and so on and so people our members were getting on Facebook and sharing what they were doing in their own workplaces which was really helpful you know it's obviously uncharted waters for everyone and so we were all looking to um, uh, share, share ideas there but then on the uh, membership level we have a committee it's called media and marketing and they came up with some events early on in this whole thing, I'm going to say early summer, maybe even prior to that, where they did some Facebook Live events, and our members who are experts in their field, say in junior golf, one of our very first Facebook Lives was um, something that your juniors could do in the house without golf clubs, but golf-related, and they were so well-received and so fun. And so the membership right away got... Um, energized by these and and we had more and more members stepping up to participate and then last night just felt I don't know Cindy if you felt this way but it felt like a culmination of that Um, that you know we kind of we came through and we persevered and we took it online and and last night was just a celebration of, of everything that we had gotten done this year
0: it was awesome
1: Fantastic. yeah fantastic um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: So what do we got cooking for 2021? Well, <laughs> more of the same and better.
3: You know, I, I think now that we've got everybody thinking a little differently, what can we do in 2021? One of our most successful endeavors this last year that, that I think everyone should be so proud of is the virtual scramble um, and as you recall, Cindy, it was it came from a couple of members who were really disappointed that they couldn't bring teams to the National Pro-Am, which had been canceled. And they came up with the idea of a virtual Pro-Am. So all across the country, LPGA professionals and LPGA amateurs created teams and played and uploaded scores and pictures on Instagram. And we raised uh, $60,000 that way in a really pretty short period of time. So we take something wow. like that, we look at the possibilities there, and what can we do um, that would be similar, you know, fundraising and fundraising. And uh, we've got an idea in the hopper, not ready for public, publication just yet, but uh, another good idea coming out for our members and perhaps the amateurs as well. So just dreaming bigger all the time.
0: Awesome.
1: Incredible. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's incredible. Um you know the, the women of the uh, the LPGA um, just never cease to amaze me at just how creative so many of them are. What a great idea you know to have a virtual event you know if you can't do the the real thing um, for obvious reasons let's let's do the next best thing and, and create a, a different type of event um, I think that's fantastic and, and obviously being able to to raise you know that kind of funds too is is just um, a testament to. Um, all the hard work that that all of you ladies do, and, and uh, I applaud you um, um, for that. So let's talk a little bit about virtual. Um, you know, many golf professionals have, you know, for the last several years, as technology changes, um, has already sort of developed an online platform of some sort, whether it be through um, YouTube videos, Instagram, that sort of thing, Facebook Live, as you mentioned. Um, do you think that... It's going to even be a bigger presence in the golf industry now as a result of this. this is This going to be sort of an after effect um, because of what we've been dealing with that more and more are going to say, you know what, um, we've had to make these changes. And that doesn't mean we're going to get away with, you know, away from what we normally traditionally have done. But do you think this is going to be become bigger and even better now that people have gone to the, to the, you know, the trouble of having to, to set a lot of this up now? Do you think this is going to be trending more uh, in the years to come?
3: I really do, and I think it's a situation where we're going to take the best of both worlds and make make it better. You know, I think about this a lot, about what the impact of online lessons, for example, and virtual meetings, you know, how will that impact specifically our organization. One of the things that makes us us is is our – testing processes for our teachers and we do that in person and we want to make sure that our those who are coming out being called LPGA professionals are delivering the best product and that, that we are teaching our teachers well. So a fear that I had is uh, losing the in-person and one-to-one um, component and seminars. There's no, no question that when you go to a seminar or a conference, um, part of the fun is meeting other people and networking. So initially I was somewhat fearful of losing that, but as we move into uh, the new world, I see that it, it enhances it. You know, the ability to um, meet virtually Uh, increases the possibilities for down the road when we can meet back in person. And I think in the golf industry, the online presence, the online teaching, you know, there's no substitute. Everybody plays golf on the golf course. So um, we'll never lose the in-person component there, but I think it can make both better.
1: Yeah, I I share some of the same thoughts that you do is – And I think the best way to approach it is to find a a happy balance. I think, you know, as as I mentioned, as technology changes, we're seeing um, opportunities um, come out of that. Um, But I think, you know, we also want to make sure that we keep it balanced so that because people do miss that, that sort of personal uh, relationships that are developed, not just at your level, but at the members level uh, at the various courses. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: I've never met anyone so motivated, if you will, to really help other people than you.
3: Oh, that's driving. a very
0: nice thing to say.
3: <laughs> you that's know, true. Cindy, just when when you said that, you know, when I joined the LPGA, I joined. I took up golf later in life, and and I remember so vividly being at the playing ability test site and it was prior to play. I think we were having breakfast or it must've been the day before because I was too nervous to eat the day of, but I was looking over at all the LPGA professionals who were there for the test site and the the teachers who were grading the new teachers and so on. And I just, everyone was so professional and so um, just, I just thought to myself I want so badly to be part of that and when I blessedly passed my testing and went through the program I have been in love with this organization from day one and I want everyone to love it and I want my students to love it. I want our members to get everything possible out of it and um, you know that's my motivation. I just I I see so many possibilities for our organization and with our organization. One of the things that's really cool right now are the amateurs. You know, there's a great connection now we have with women all across the country and the growth possibilities there. And so that's what drives me. I want
0: everyone
3: to love
0: us. (laughs) Well, wow, you are awesome. That's all I I and I
1: believe. Yeah, I I believe they do, Cindy. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, I agree with you. I think Marvel has done a, a phenomenal job and can definitely hear that you, you know, that you have a lot of passion, uh, in your voice when you, when you talk about the LPJ organization and obviously, um, you've done a great job as, as their national, uh, president. Um, let me just ask you when it comes to the teaching side of things, I know that you're out in Arizona, Cindy mentioned you're up early, so we appreciate that. Um, what have you done or what, what things have you um, changed in your own uh, style this season? What are some of the things that you've done to make it um, not just interesting, but to, to sort of make up for obviously some difficult uh, situations? How have you had to adapt? What have you done, in other words, to, to adapt to, uh, um, to sort of the current environment?
3: That's a great question, you know i early on I had a big um event scheduled uh that just when the pandemic was really starting to get going, and there was so much uncertainty about should I cancel is canceling something down the road, and then boom, you know it all happened, and so um I had to talk about pivoting, so my business effectively shut down uh early on there and and but it was important to me to set a good example i almost hate to term it that way because that wasn't why i did it but a good example in my community and in my organization and you know with my own students that i took it seriously and i their safety was top of mind and so what i did when i started back up you know because we're it's so hot here in the summer i i didn't teach all summer um but this fall when I started to ramp back up, I cut down my group sizes. You know, we're very careful about social distancing and so on. But despite everyone's best efforts, it's here. And uh, we went from this summer not knowing anyone who even knew anyone who had it to, you know, now it's in our community. So recently in the last few weeks, um, I've had a couple of students from groups uh, be diagnosed, and so again, I've stopped everything, and and I'm home now for another another week just to be really careful. But I think that's the point: is you you have to set the example. Um, I don't want to um, be out there teaching when I've been around people who have been diagnosed, and um, and what's been so interesting. Is that when I send my emails out to my peeps and tell them hey we're we're taking a little break here, the hundred percent gratitude that comes back you know people are grateful that um, that we are being careful, so that's the main thing is just being really cognizant of safety and of um, of my role here in the community and in the industry
1: you know it's interesting because you know, in Arizona, obviously many parts of Arizona is much like Florida. You have a, a large senior population because it's a popular area for people to retire. Was there a lot of initially? Was there a lot of concern um, from some of the members uh, from your experience um, on what they should or shouldn't do? Not so much with adapting to whatever regulations may have been in place, but was there a lot of general concern uh, throughout this last year?
3: Well, at our facility, the sentiment and the feeling I get from, we're a public facility, so the, the players and the staff and the the general management there felt like we were all in this together. And, again, there's no playbook, no manual where you can go to page 10 to look up what to do now. So they were very careful at our facility, and then our our players were the same, you know, everyone was taking precautions. Now I see it just really, really, um, big time. Everybody's being very careful. So it felt like a partnership and, and, um, concerns. Yes. Uh, but they, I think there was a feeling that golf was probably a safe place. You know, we were out and you're staying away from people. We went to one person per cart and, uh, did all the precautions. And so I I just feel like we did feel partnership with our members or with our clients and our students.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that sentiment was shared, um, you know, virtually everywhere. And, and, um, you know, as Cindy and I've mentioned in the past uh, this past season that, you know, golf has, has really seen a, a an increase in playability just by virtue of the fact that uh, it, it kind of has a, a built in social distancing. So uh, the industry has been very fortunate in that. And, and I think a lot of the members and uh, not only of the different clubs, but also, um, you know, many of the LPGA uh, professionals who, uh, you know, head up those clubs, uh, I think have done a great job in, in really trying to, to ease a lot of the, the you know, the, the members and, and players to, uh, to be able to come out and, and still have some fun and enjoy it and, and play this great game. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: So what besides I want to be part of that drives you? you're a tricky one
3: Cindy Um, you know I I don't know I guess I just I'm a forward thinking person and I'm a positive uh, you know looking for opportunities all the time I know you're exactly the same I love how you roll you know you're always looking for better and, and how you can improve yourself and your clients lives and I just think there's a real energy that comes from that it uh it wakes me up at night. I get up in the morning thinking about it, and you know I love marketing. I kind of wish I had I could go back and start over and be a marketing major because I love um inspiring people, and I love to be inspired myself and so you know I could ask you the same question, Cindy, what drives you? You're the same you're you are a person who is, there's never closed doors in front of you, and uh, and we all feed off that. We get great ideas from you, and, and that's what I love about it, the energy that comes. That was
0: good. <laughs> I'm trying to trip you up, can you tell?
3: <laughs> I know, that's I just turned it breath. right back on you.
0: I'm trying you to be sure like did. you. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Ted. Go.
1: Oh, you know, um, I, Marvel. I couldn't. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, Cindy. You know, we we joke a lot on the show. You know, she often refers to herself as spinning plates uh, and doing so many, uh, you know, different things. But but you're exactly right. And I think in, in this industry, really in any industry, um, you have to be you know, you have to be creative and sometimes really, and I hate to use this analogy because everybody always says this, but you have to kind of think outside of the box a little bit, um, you know, when you're putting ideas together. And, and, you know, I think the more different things that you try um, and, you know, certainly some are not going to succeed, but you know, you're going to find, as they say, a diamond in the rough. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, obviously I, I don't know you as well as Cindy does, but uh, I get the impression the same as she does. And I know Cindy is for sure. Um, you know somebody that just believes in and let's getting out there and let's do what we can to not just help people on the lesson tee, but help people in general. And I think that's a wonderful quality to have, and that's something that really is is quite often needed. So as you look forward to um, you know 2021, a, a new season, um, we know there's going to be some challenges initially out of the out of the start, and you've already mentioned some things that you want to do. What do you really want to see happen as the LPJ organization moves forward? What would you like to see happen?
3: Well, I'd love to see our growth continue. We have a new uh, section president, a new member of our executive committee who is uh, in charge of member growth, the member growth committee, and you know, growth comes from satisfied members telling other members how great the organization is, and That's one of my dreams is that events like last night, you know, last night we had probably a record number of people on our national call. And that to me tells me that we're moving in the right direction, that we're inspiring our existing members and then happy members are going to recruit others. It's, there's nothing new under the sun there. You know, if you're a member of a club and you love your club, you want to tell everyone about it. And pretty soon you have growth at your club. So that's what I look at and it's not just numbers in the LPGA it's it's everything we bring to the table you know people like Cindy Miller who are who are touching so many people and inspiring business women and speaking to the business community you know it's it's more than just golf we hear that all the time but but our organization um, has an opportunity not only in, in golf, but in, in the world and what we can do. So that seeing the passion last night to me tells me we're moving in the right direction and I want to just do more of the same. I want to find ways to connect with our members where they are. I want them to bring us more ideas like the virtual pro-am and I want the LPGA to, to be a force in a really wonderful industry.
1: I think that's a great um, vision vision to have. So we we have just roughly about 10 minutes left. So I thought what would be kind of interesting, since you both uh, are kind of in the same um, uh, platform and that, what I thought would be kind of interesting is for each of you, Cindy and Marvel, to share a story about each other, something about the other person, um, whatever that may may be, you obviously have got to know each other over the years. So, Marvel, why don't you start? Is there a particular story um, that you have a fond memory of, Cindy, and, and then Cindy will give you an opportunity to, to share one?
3: I certainly do. Um, you know, it's funny how when you get asked a question, your brain will serve something up, and what comes right to my mind is the first time I ever saw Cindy speak. I was at a conference, and we had there were breakout rooms, and you could choose who you were going to go listen to. And Cindy was on a panel, and I'm sorry to say to the other people that were on the panel, I don't remember who they were. But I remember Cindy. And Cindy was so funny and so – I loved her story. She told her story and her story with her husband and and her tour time. And it was so impactful to me to watch this woman who was so clearly comfortable in her own skin – and very professional very professionally dressed and i just was so drawn to her and so for that from then on i would see her at events and i would always say hi and she was always busy she had her notebook and and busy but always had time for me always knew me and um you know i've looked up to her for for so long and so now, she's the same. You know, she, she dresses impeccably. She is a hard charger. She asked me the other day how I would describe her, and I said, you are a go-getter, and a little bit of an old-fashioned term, but but that's someone who has just taken life and grabbed a hold of it, and and she's definitely a role model to me.
1: I couldn't wow. agree more. What a great story. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I okay, think Cindy, we have this, this better recording be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so so Cindy go ahead. The floodgates are open. Uh have at it.
0: I don't have a specific story, but I can be my my own bratty self. And it's kinda like when you've been around the block forever and you're one of the old guards, which I kinda am because I've been around forever. I was kind of, I, when I first saw her, I'm like, who the hell is this woman, right? <laughs> and where did she come from and how long has she played and what has she done? And, you know, it, g- women are brats. And, and I, my good friend Liz Cooper, it's kind of like how you somebody vouches for somebody. My good friend Liz Cooper absolutely loves Marvel. So I'm kind of like, okay, open up your mind and figure out who this woman is. Well, i got to tell you that she is the most loving, caring, stern person who knows what she's doing, who is passionate about what she does, who has taught me many lessons, and I just really, really admire her. And I don't know that everyone cherishes her leadership like they should. Now, I must tell you, one of the greatest compliments I think she might have gotten was last night when Mike Wan ended the meeting in our town hall and said, The wisdom that comes out of this woman's mouth is amazing. So I thank you for your leadership. I thank you for your caring and your giving and for your friendship. You're awesome.
3: Thank you. That's very, very nice of you to say. Yeah, that was very flattering when Mike said the things he said. I was, um, uh, you know, very taken aback. He's so observant. You just never know. um, You know, he said something about me on the board there, and and I thought, wow, that's an
0: interesting observation. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I totally agree.
1: You know, I think what... What, no, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm listening. Um, you know, what's really interesting about that is, you know, obviously you both have a, a mutual respect for one another and, and a kinship, if you will, uh, of sorts. And I think, again, it goes to what I said earlier, is, is a testament to the LPGA organization. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I, I had the pleasure, and, and um, Marvel, I don't know if, if we shared this to you the, the, earlier this year when you were on, Um, But Cindy and I are, and she still doubts this, but we're going into our eighth season next year with the women of golf that we've been co-hosting together. And this past January at the LPG or at the uh, PJ merchandise show in Orlando is the first time that Cindy and I have actually met face to face. We had never met in person before. And which is really interesting because we've had many, many guests over the years on the show and, you know they've said, oh, you know you guys do a great job and so on and so forth. And I believe, and I don't remember the young lady's name, but uh, last December, Cindy, we had one of our final guests uh, that worked at the Golf Channel, and you had shared the fact that we hadn't met. She said, well, you got to make a point of meeting at the at the uh, the PGA show. So we met for you know a few moments. We were, as as you mentioned earlier, uh, Marvel Cindy's you know busy and and doing a lot of things, but uh, we made a point of of meeting, and I met her husband Alan, of course. And um, that was the first time we've met, and we've been doing the show for seven years.
3: That is, amazes me. Congratulations on your longevity with this show. That's really that's really great. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you very much. You know what's what's really fun, and and just to share one other quick side note is when when I started this show back seven years ago i had actually reached out to cindy before it went live on air and my agenda at that time because i obviously i didn't know her personally but i knew of her and knew of her accomplishments and i actually reached out to her as a guest as a you know as a potential guest and there was a little bit of a pause cindy may or may not recall this but there was a little bit of a pause on the phone on the phone call and she said to me she said, if this wouldn't be too forward of me, she said, I would really like to maybe co." <laughs>
0: There's no did. way I said if this isn't too forward. I would
1: have just said it. I'm not classy I'm
0: enough to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you, you get my point. Yeah, I, actually, I was trying to be polite. But anyway, yeah, she just said, I'd love to, Yeah, you know, she and about it. And, you know, I'd watched her when she was on the big break and and so forth, and, and you know, some, some years back. And I thought to myself, you know why not? Um, and, you know, like anything, you know, you start out a little bit and that, but she has really been a, a blessing to this show. Um, you know, she's not only you know, brought so many great guests to the show from the Lpj and, and others in the business world, but she just brings a, a lot of class and a lot of fun, and I, I could not imagine myself – um, doing this program number one on my own um, without having her uh, with me here. So I, I concur with everything that you said, uh, Marvel. About her, she's just a wonderful, uh, a hardworking individual and just a, a, a warm spirit. And uh, yeah, she can be a little pushy, but <laughs> but I've gotten used to it <laughs> over seven.
3: <laughs> it's a great partnership. Uh, you guys are doing a wonderful job.
0: Well, Thank we you, appreciate. That. We're so glad you you decided to join us today. Thank you.
3: It's a pleasure to be invited. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, we're going to have you back on sometime in the, the new year as well. We would love to have you come back on and and hopefully uh much of what's going on right now uh around the world is is going to be getting better. We're obviously excited about the vaccines that are coming out and hopefully we'll begin to start getting back to some sort of normalcy. So, we will definitely have you back on, Marvel, but we appreciate you Uh, joining us this morning and and sharing some of your thoughts and insight, not only in the LPJ organization, but uh, also about uh, your friend, Cindy Miller, um, very interesting story that you shared. So thank you very much for joining us. Have a safe and happy holiday. And we really appreciate you giving up your time this morning.
3: Thank you so much. Happy holidays to the two of you.
1: You too, honey. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. What a great, you know, um, I guess in a sense, almost an, an ambassador of the game. I mean, obviously I know she's the, the national president, um, but you're right. She does have a passion just like you do. And I and I mean this sincerely. I know we joke a lot, um, but you really do, Cindy. And, and I admire that. And, and uh, you have taught me a lot, um, even though it's just on the air many times, but uh, even sometimes in our phone calls, um, just things that you'll say. And, and uh, you're very inspirational and you've just been a, a wonderful person to have alongside. And I look forward to, um a new season with you which reminds me i just double checked the date um as i said there's gonna be a slight change but we our first show coming back in 2021 will be february, the n-
0: february oh, that'll the be one? our show you so we're on a long up. break
1: as we get ready and gear up um i'm sorry february 9th sorry february 9th will be the first show back okay. um and, okay yeah and uh so we will um, look forward to having everybody on. We're taking a long break. We want to wish everybody a happy holiday and a safe new year. And let's hope that uh, we can move forward from this pandemic and just get back to, as I said, a normalcy. But I want to thank uh, the opportunity to thank all of the listeners for faithfully tuning in. And I want to particularly thank uh, my co-host uh, LPJ professional, Cindy Miller. Thank you, Cindy, for all that you do. Um, God bless you, sweetheart. And I look forward to, Working with you again next season on the show.
0: Thanks, honey. Same to you. Bye
1: bye. All right. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, TalkStream Live and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.